Alright, let's continue. We will continue from verse 185. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Now, I mentioned to you earlier that initially the Muslims were required to fast on Ashura and then later on they were required to fast the entire month of Ramadan. The question is, why Ramadan? Why are we required to fast in the month of Ramadan? Allah chose this month because this month is special. How is it special? It's the month in which Allah revealed the Qur'an. The angel Jibreel came to the Prophet ﷺ with Iqra. In which month? It was in Ramadan. On which night? Laylatul Qadr. So the revelation began in the month of Ramadan. And you know what? It wasn't just the Qur'an that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed in the month of Ramadan. We learn in a hadith, this is mentioned in your book on page 61, that even the Suhuf Ibrahim were revealed in Ramadan. The Torah was also revealed in Ramadan. Injil, Zabur, Qur'an were all revealed in the month of Ramadan. Alright, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose this month, honored this time of the year, for sending revelation. And you see, when you receive a gift, when you receive a blessing, you celebrate that. I mean, why is it that you celebrate Canada Day? Or at least you get a day off. Like, what's the big deal? For many Pakistanis, what's the big deal about August, August 14th? Why? I mean, it's been so many years, right, for Canada, 150 years, but why celebrate? Because... You know, it's an important day. Now, how do we celebrate generally? Fireworks, parties, food, drink, etc. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the blessing of Qur'an. And He has commanded us to fast in the month in which He revealed the Qur'an. Why? Because the Qur'an was revealed to save us, to develop taqwa in us. Remember the beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah? ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابُ لَا رَيْبَ هُدًا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ It's a guidance for the people who have taqwa. And then the qualities of the muttaqin are mentioned. So Qur'an, when a person reads it, when a person understands it, when a person follows it, he develops taqwa. And the month of Ramadan, you fast through the month to increase your taqwa. You strengthen your spirituality. All year long, you allow yourself to be easy. Your focus is on your body, your bodily pleasures. Now in the month of Ramadan, focus on your soul also. And this is why we see that in the days, in the daytime in Ramadan, we're fasting and in the nighttime, what are we doing? Praying and reading the Qur'an or listening to it. So this is a time of connecting with the Qur'an also. هُدًا لِلنَّاسِ وَبَيِّنَاتٍ مِنَ الْهُدَى وَالْفُرْقَانِ The Qur'an is a guidance for people. It has clear proofs of guidance and it's also a criterion. It produces that ability in you to tell between, to differentiate between right and wrong. This is furqan, a criterion. Something that distinguishes between right and wrong, between truth and falsehood. Because everybody claims to be true. Everybody claims to be on the truth. But who's right and who's wrong? What will tell you? The Qur'an will tell you. فَمَنْ شَهِدَ مِنْكُمُ الشَّهْرَ فَلْيَصُمْهُ So whoever witnesses this month, then he should fast. وَمَنْ كَانَ مَرِيضًا أَوْ عَلَى سَفَرٍ فَعِدَّةٌ مِنْ أَيَّامٍ أُخَرٍ 
And whoever is traveling, sick, they're not able to fast, they will just make up those fasts at another time of the year. يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ بِكُمُ الْيُسْرَ Why has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded us to fast? And then why this allowance? Because Allah wants ease for you. وَلَا يُرِيدُ بِكُمُ الْعُسْرَ And He does not want difficulty for you. This is such an important thing for us to remember. Allah wants ease for us, not difficulty. But what do we generally think about Islam? It's hard. Is it supposed to be hard? No. It's supposed to be easy. What does this mean? This means, first and foremost, that the laws that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us in our religion, they are easy. Now, easy does not mean you don't have to do anything. Easy does not mean simple. Don't lift a finger. Just sit where you are. Enjoy life. That's not easy. That's called doing nothing. Okay? And we were not created to do nothing. We were created to do something. To worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, how are we supposed to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That manner is easy. It's not very hard. It's really not hard. And how do you know it's easy? One way is that you compare yourself to others. But generally, what do we do? We compare ourselves to people who don't fast at all. We're like, oh, they're having it so easy. They don't have to fast. And here I am, 10th day, 15th day, 25th day. I haven't had lunch in so many days. I haven't had an ice cap in so many days. right? And you start feeling that you're so deprived. Right? And you start your pity party. Yuridullahu bikumul yusra. This means that being is easy. It is easy. It's not that hard. And this is with all of the laws of Islam. Like for example, if you compare Islamic law to, for instance, Jewish law, they have dietary restrictions also, but their rules are much more hard compared to ours. Isn't it? much more hard. Even the Christians, you know, they fast. But the best type of fasting is continuous fasting for several days. And that would be impossible for us. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us an easy religion. And easy also means that it's practical, it's doable, it's not rigid. It's not rigid. That, oh, you fast or you die. No. You fast, and if you're not able to, Because of this and this and this reason, whether it's temporary or permanent condition, then you have this and this option. Imagine if we did not have that option and we only had the option to fast, what would happen? What would happen? Life would be very difficult. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that لا يكلف الله نفسا إلا وسعها Allah does not overburden a person with more than what they can bear. Allah does not burden a person except with what is within its capacity. So we are actually able to fast in the month of Ramadan, which is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us to fast. وَلِتُكْمِلُوا الْعِدَّةَ You should complete the number. Meaning, if you're not able to fast because of sickness or travel, make up the number later. وَلِتُكَبِّرُوا اللَّهَ عَلَى مَا هَدَاكُمْ لِتُكَبِّرُوا This is from takbir. What does takbir mean? To say Allahu Akbar. So at the end of the month of Ramadan, when you've been fasting for the whole month, what do you do at the end? You declare the greatness of Allah. 
And this is why on Eid day, what do you say? What are you supposed to say? What do you hear in the masjid? Takbirat, right? Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Takbirat. Why? Have you ever wondered why? Why are people saying takbirat on Eid day? Is it just, you know, like a hymn or a song that we just sing? Is it? It's not meaningless. There's a reason why we're told to say takbirat on Eid day. Allahu Akbar means Allah is the greatest. Right? Have you ever said to your mom or your dad or your friend or your spouse, whoever you are, whatever people are around you, have you ever said to them, you're the best? Yeah? When do you say that? When they do something for you, when they're nice to you. You say you're the best. But really, who is the best? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who is the greatest? It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because we got the blessing of Ramadan, we got the blessing of so many fasts, being able to fast, or if not able to fast, give fidya, reconnect with the Qur'an, get our sins forgiven. So all of these are blessings from Allah. Thank Allah and declare His greatness. لِتُكَبِّرُ اللَّهَ عَلَى مَا هَدَاكُمْ He guided you. He guided you to fast in this month. And He gave you the ability to fast in this month. He guided you. He sent the Qur'an in this month. And then He gave you the ability to connect with the Qur'an again in this month. So aren't you going to thank Allah? وَلَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ And so that you may be grateful. So be grateful for the opportunity to fast. Be grateful for the option of fidya. Be grateful for the blessing of Qur'an. Also remember, in Ramadan, there is also Laylatul Qadr. And Laylatul Qadr is better than a thousand months. Which means that if a person performs any good deed on Laylatul Qadr, it is as if they performed that deed continuously for one thousand months. Non-stop. Like, can you imagine? That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Imagine so much reward a person can accumulate in the month of Ramadan. So aren't you going to be grateful for that? Now, another thing about Ramadan is that it's a time of making du'as also. Isn't it? Especially when you break your fast, you make du'a. In the night, especially towards the end of the month, you make du'a. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ And when... They ask you, O Prophet ﷺ, who asks you? Ibadi, my slaves. When my servants ask you, O Prophet ﷺ, on me, about me, that where is Allah? Does He hear us? How should we call upon Him? When should we call upon Him? When should we ask Him? How should we ask Him? Then tell them that fa'inni qareeb, that indeed I am near. Qareeb is from? Qurb is to be close, to be near someone. So when anyone asks, where is Allah? When can I ask Him? How should I ask Him? Then what should your answer be? That Allah is near. Allah is near. You can ask Him for anything. You can call upon Him anytime. Anytime. You know, it is said that some people... They asked the Prophet ﷺ that how should we talk to Allah? Should we speak loudly? Because Allah is on His arsh. So should we speak like really loudly or should we speak softly? 
How should we do this? And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this ayah. In another hadith we learned that the angels, they were amazed that, that Ya Allah, how can your servants call upon you when there is so much distance? There is the seven skies, so much distance between the arsh and people. I mean, where are we? On planet earth. And the sky that we know is just the lowest sky. There are six more sama above it, which we cannot even reach. And above all of that is the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah is above His throne. I mean, if you try to imagine this distance, firstly, you cannot. And secondly, even if you try to imagine the distance, it's too big. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responded to the angels that when they say, La ilaha illallah, then they will be heard. Meaning when a person believes in Allah, when a person calls upon Allah, then that person is heard by Allah. Whether you whisper or you just keep that call in your heart, you cannot even find the words to express yourself. You just have that feeling in your heart. You can talk to Allah in your heart. فَإِنِّي قريب. Allah is near. You know, once the Sahaba were traveling and as they went up a hill, right, they would say, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, like really loudly. And then as they went down the hill, the Subhanallah, Subhanallah, really loudly. So the Prophet ﷺ said to them that, Oh people, be good to yourselves. You know, be easy on yourselves. You don't have to be so loud in calling upon Allah. Because you're not calling upon someone who is deaf. No, Allah can hear you. He's closer to you than the hump of your camel or the saddle of your animal that you're sitting on. Just imagine when you're sitting in the car driving, what's the closest thing to you? It's the steering wheel, right? I mean, that's the first thing in front of you. And this hadith is in your book also, that you are calling upon someone who is with you, no doubt he is all here, ever near. He's not absent. فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِ إِذَا دَعَانِي Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I respond to the call of the caller when he calls upon me. Anytime you call upon Allah, what is guaranteed? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will respond. Because Allah says, Ujibu. And Ujibu is from Jim Wauba, Jawab. Jawab is to respond, to answer. So whenever the servant calls upon Allah, Allah responds. What does that mean? No dua is ignored. No dua is unheard. Has it ever happened that you send an email to someone and then you wonder, did they ever get it? You send, you know, mail, actual mail to someone and you're like, I don't know if they ever got it. Right? You don't know if they ever received it. But what is certain is that every time you call upon Allah, you are heard. You are heard. Sometimes you leave a voicemail with someone. And they never check it. They never hear it. But Allah always hears your dua. Now, responding to the dua does not mean that He will give you exactly what you're asking. Okay? Dua does not mean demands. Dua does not mean that you're making demands. That okay, I want this and I want that and I want this and I want that and please have this done for me and please have that done for me. 
and also that and also this. That's not the meaning of dua. Dua is that you're asking Allah for the fulfillment of your needs. And He can fulfill your need however and whenever that He wants. It's up to Him because He's not our servant. We are His servants. We are His servants. So how does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala respond? If you look at this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said that no Muslim supplicates to Allah with a dua that does not involve sin or cutting the relations of the womb, but Allah will grant him one of three things. Meaning any dua you make that's justified, that's correct, then what will happen? You'll get one of three things. What are those three things? That either Allah will hasten the response to his supplication, meaning Allah will give the person what he asked for, Secondly, or Allah will save it for him until the hereafter. That a person keeps making dua, keeps making dua, Allah hears him, rewards him for the dua, but does not give him what he's asking for. So when will he get the reward and the benefit? When is he going to cash it all out in this world? No. When? In the hereafter. Or the third is that he would turn an equivalent amount of evil away from him that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect the person from something harmful. So, أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِ إِذَا دَعَانِي Remember this, you're always heard by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No dua of yours is ignored. So then, فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُ لِي وَلْيُؤْمِنُوا بِي So they should respond to me and they should believe in me. لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْشُدُونَ So that they're rightly guided. You know what's amazing? Have you ever heard people complaining, yeah, yeah, I'm making dua, but I need to do something else. My dua is not answered. It doesn't make a difference whether I make dua or not. So you make dua for me. Have you heard people saying things like that? Maybe you have said them yourself? Dua doesn't make a difference. I'm too bad. I'm a very bad person. So my dua doesn't mean anything. This is false. Absolutely false. What we learn here is, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hears the du'as of His servants. And He knows what to give them when. And the thing is that we look at du'a in such a twisted way. We want Allah to listen to us as if we're the boss and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is supposed to be fulfilling our wishes. That's not how this works. It's the other way around. We are Allah's servants and He is the Master. So instead of thinking about how many times you've asked Allah for something and He didn't give you, we should be thinking about how many times I was supposed to obey Allah and I did not obey Him. We think about how many du'as were rejected. First of all, they were not rejected. But that's how we look at du'a. My du'as were rejected. I asked for this, I never got it. I asked for that, I never got it. I wanted this, I never got it. I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I never got it. Well, too bad. You're the servant. He's the master. It's up to him. You're supposed to obey Allah. Allah is not supposed to obey you. We are supposed to obey Allah. فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُ لِي We should respond to Allah. Think about it. How many commands we know of and we completely ignore them? As if they don't exist. And then we complain that our du'as are not accepted? I mean, this is extremely arrogant. So, فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُوا لِي وَلْيُؤْمِنُوا بِي Have faith in Allah. Trust in Allah. Believe in Allah. That if you've called upon Him for something, He will answer you. 
He knows what is best. Has it ever happened that when you were little, you asked your parents for like the craziest things, for like the fifth donut, and finally they said no? Or maybe you've seen children doing that? Like they just had a juice box, and now they want another one, and then now they want another one. So what happens eventually? The mother says, what does the mother say? Yeah, go ahead, have it. What does she say? No. Right? She says, no, this is not good for you. What happens to the child? Or what happened to you? Have you ever seen them falling on the floor and crying? Yeah? Those tantrums? Maybe you did those as well once upon a time. That's how sometimes we act. But when we ask Allah for something, we don't get it. And then we go on complaining and whining about it. So we should remember that we are Allah's servants. We're supposed to obey Him and continue to call upon Him. He hears, He responds, and He knows what's best for us. If He's giving us something, there is good in it for us. And if He's not giving us something, then there is good in that also. This is similar to how a mother would, you know, no matter how loving she is, she's not going to give the fifth donut to her three-year-old. And if she does that, that's not love. I mean, that's something else. That's like a serious issue. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Ar-Rahman. He is Ar-Rahim. And some things He withholds from us on purpose because He knows they're not good for us. So it is our job to trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلْيُؤْمِنُوا bi لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْشُدُونَ So that they're rightly guided. Yarshudun is from Rashin Dal and Rushd is right judgment. You know, sometimes you're confused in your life. Like you really don't know what to do. You really don't know what to do. Should I do this or should I do that? Should I go here or should I not go there? Should I study this? Should I study that? You find yourself in such situations where you have to make a right judgment. And you know, we talk to people, we go discuss the matter with different people, parents, friends, mentors, etc. But we also need to make dua. You know, somebody once told me that they were having a serious issue and they wanted to discuss that issue with somebody who was very, you know, knowledgeable, religious and understanding. So they traveled to the city to meet a certain scholar and they finally got to meet them and speak to them. And you know, finally when they let everything out, you know what that scholar said to this person? Make dua, man. That's what he said. Make dua. Like you came all the way here to tell me about all your problems and your sad story. And you know what? I can empathize, but I can't change anything for you. Make dua, dude. And that's what we need to remember also. Little problems or big problems? What should we do? What's the answer? Make dua. Ask Allah. Haven't you heard the companions used to ask Allah even when their shoelace broke? I mean, something so small, but when it happens, it bothers you. So whenever there is a problem, small or big, turn to Allah so that you're rightly guided. Recitation. وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِ إِذَا دَعَانِ فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُوا لِي وَلْيُؤْمِنُوا بِي لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْشُدُونَ 